Hey, Mary, I had to share with you right away. I learned something new about the long and short vowels, and I just had to join you in the teacher's lounge to share it. So can't wait to talk to you tonight. This is the Reading Teacher's Lounge, where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. This is the Reading Teacher's Lounge, episode uh, 14 in season four. My name is Shannon Betts. You can find me online uh, on readingdevelopment.com and on Twitter and Instagram at rdngdevelopment. I have been teaching since 2002. I've been a classroom teacher and a reading specialist, and currently I'm working part-time as a resource teacher at a private school for grades K through eight. And I'm Mary Sagafi. I have been teaching since 2006, and um, Shannon and I are doing this podcast thing with you all so that we can keep working on our professional development. We hold each other accountable and we like to broadcast that all to you so that you can join us and eavesdrop on our kind of professional conversations. Um, I am a private reading tutor. I have OG training. I um, also work as an advocate for families um, impacted by dyslexia. And um, I'm just happy to be here. So Shannon, lay this new knowledge on me. What did you find out? All right. So I ordered a bunch of resources um, at the beginning of this year, 2020, to use as reference for one. No, 2022. In January you is when I started. 2020. Oh, <laughs> That's sorry. Why I was <laughs> you know, it's pandemic. Whatever year it is. I don't Whatever know. year yeah. you're listening, yes. it's all good. <laughs> January 2022, I went on Amazon and bought a bunch of resources about reading that I wanted to use as references for myself because I've been creating phonics units for teachers. Um, and also just even as a more concise resource for me to use with my own students, instead of it all being in my head and just, you know, where I pull out activity after activity after activity from my drawer and pull them all together into one cohesive unit. I'm trying to make that cohesive unit, you know, ready from the start. So I wanted to make sure that I had all the right knowledge for teachers as I was creating them. And one of the books that I've been referencing is called The ABCs and All Their Tricks by Margaret M. Bishop. And I just started working on my long and short vowel phonics units. And I came across this information about the vowel sounds. And in 20 years of teaching, I had never seen it laid out that way. I have struggled in the past with getting students to understand, just to try to remember that the short vowel sounds are like the a ah and apple and the eh and egg or the long vowel sounds or the vowels say their names. But sometimes the students would get confused about those categories. Which ones are the mm -hmm. short ones? Which ones are the long ones? And, you know, on map, sometimes they will say, you know, which of these pictures shows the short A sound. And so they really do need to understand those terms short and long. You know, so I designed, I've talked about this before, but I designed that activity with the soccer goals where the short goal was closest to them and the longer goal was further away just to have a more sensory experience with that mm -hmm. understanding of the words. But now that I understand the true definition of these words, there is a purpose for why they are called short and long vowels. And I learned it from this Margaret Bishop book. So I'm just going to read from the book for a second because I think she explains it really well. And then I'll explain in my own words how I understand it. Cool. 
So she says, what is long about a long vowel sound? And what is short about a short vowel sound? These terms long and short are not arbitrary labels for the contrasting sounds of vowels spelled by the same letter. It can be helpful to understand what these terms really mean. She says, if you pronounce each short vowel sound separately, your mouth will only make one movement when producing each sound and each one will leave your mouth open. And we've talked about that with syllables before that vowels sounds open your mouth. And what mm -hmm. she's saying is when your mouth is opening, it's only gonna make one movement, a very short, quick movement. Got it. And if you pronounce each long vowel sound separately, your mouth will make two movements when producing each sound. For each one, your mouth will begin, will open to begin the sound and then glide shut to end the sound. The sounds of long A, E, and I all glide shut with a Y sound at the end. A, E, I, and long O and U both glide shut with the W sound at the end. O, U. Therefore, the long vowel sounds do not leave your mouth open. A short vowel sound is short because it involves only one motion of the mouth opening. A long vowel is long because it involves two motions of the mouth opening and then closing. The technical term for a two-part vowel sound of this kind is diphthong. And I've always just considered that like oi was a diphthong because that's very clear. You know, it's like right. two very distinct movements of your mouth. And I really didn't think before that the long vowels were diphthongs. But when she explains it that way and I really analyzed the movement, I could see that. Wow. And so my, my understanding of it now is that short vowels, it's a short movement of the mouth. And it also takes a shorter amount of time to produce that sound. Because you can Got really it. clip an A, ah, I mean, just super fast. But yep. you can't really clip an A. You can't say it as fast. Interesting. And so I'm going to go forward and teach the students this distinction. Yeah. So this is really tied to the way that I use my vowel valley, um, especially like when I'm teaching wall? my students on my sound wall. Um, because each of my sound cards has a visual of how the mouth is supposed to look when they mm -hmm. are making each sound, but it's just like one picture. So it wouldn't be a way to describe it. But I really like that, that distinction of making your mouth sound that way so that they are getting even more familiar with the shape that your mouth makes when you are pronouncing a sound. And I don't think that this needs to um, be watered down. You know, some kids who have more developmental speech issues may need some more um, specific and explicit information about it. But I think that this is something that you could really just tie into a, a lesson and kids find this information to be really cool, like the mechanics of how your body is working. Well, I'm thinking of it mechanically because I'm thinking mm -hmm. of having a stopwatch and mirrors as my yes. tools. And having the students watch their mouths and actually try to race. Like, can you say the short A? Or can you say the long A shorter in a faster amount of time than the short A? And yeah. You can't. You can't. Like your mouth physically is not going to be able to do it. And so I'm almost just like I used to, um, and I still do, I have the students categorize the consonants versus the vowels, whether yes. which ones are opening your mouth or which ones are closing your mouth to produce the sounds. I want to do the same categories with the long and short vowels. It's which ones can we say in a shorter amount of time? Yeah, Those are the short vowels. Interesting. Can I say the first sound in acorn? 
in a short amount of time or the first sound in Apple in a short amount of time? Mm. Oh, this is a really cool trick. I really like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about this. I mean, I'm going to still do my soccer game too, but I really like that. This is the true definition of what these vowels are. And then it, it's a shorter movement of the mouth and it's a shorter amount of time. And that makes the short word as a category yeah. makes sense. And it really has never made sense to me before. You know, I love this too, because especially when I'm teaching syllables later on, I feel mm -hmm. like it's more of a complicated conversation to have once the children have already mastered um, both of the long and short sounds. Um, because when you say that you have an open syllable, it's because you have the long sound and there's no closed mouth consonant sound at the end of that syllable. So mm -hmm. we say if it's a consonant, uh, excuse me, a vowel next to a consonant, it's going to be a short sound. So that's something that we teach as like a coding, right? For which right. type of syllable it is. But in this case, um, you know, we're really going back to the set teaching the sound first, which is more natural mm -hmm. and making sure that you are, you know, talking about, okay, what kind of a movement is it is a long movement or a short movement. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really impressive because having a book of tricks <laughs> for um, how to teach these kind of complicated concepts that are related to language um, and then putting them with symbols is really amazing. That's a great one. I'm glad well, you shared that. And I like that you brought up the syllable thing because I have had some pretty swift students. They always want to challenge you on things. And I've told them, you know, the vowel sounds open your mouth and the consonant sounds close your mouth. And they're like, well, then when your mouth stay open, when you say polo, <laughs> you know, and I would yeah. be like, I don't know, you're just closing it. <laughs> you have to say the next <laughs> word or something. But really, you're closing it because that long vowel. Yes. Is. Well, because the is it's opening closes, and closing. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. but polo is both open syllables. Polo, right. Mm -hmm. But because you're producing the O sound, it's actually a long, it's actually a diphthong. So it's O. And so you are closing your mouth. Yeah. The at the end is what you're saying. Exactly. I just want to call really quick attention because I also know that this sometimes is the case. When we're talking about consonant sounds, we're often critical of teachers. You don't say buh when you're mm. teaching the B sound. You're, you say buh. And it is just a quick sound, but you don't add the uh at the end because that's not appropriate. So, or when you're saying l for l, that's that's correct. It's not la. It's right. not la am lamb. <laughs> it's l am. So we have to be really accurate when we're describing. But I think it's kind of unique that there's this like quiet yes sound at the end of a and a quiet w sound at the end of o when it's um, because what it was saying was that it takes it is a two movement sound mm -hmm. so it's you're opening it first to say the first part of the long vowel which is usually what we think of is a mm -hmm. but that's not the full piece of the long a sound right that's what she's so saying is it's a and then it's like a closing of the mouth Cool. So I, I just really want to explore this with students and help. And I want to see if it really helps them label in their memory, the categories mm -hmm. of those sounds in a more clear and easy way. 
That's what I I'm hoping this. that this new knowledge will do for the students. Let's do a call out and um, let if you know listeners today, if there's something that you read that kind of like blows your mind about English and a new way of a of a trick that you think is going to be really beneficial to your students related to um, you know spelling, spelling and sounds and things like that, share it with us on social media. Um, it's at Reading Teachers Lounge and um, on Instagram or on Facebook. You can find us. And yeah, let's do that call out. So if you want to share some, some new knowledge that you have, this is a really great space with a lot of amazing listeners and um, yeah, let's, let's share the well. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys. I know that many of you are in letters training and mm-hmm. some of the other um, speech to print print trainings and things like that. And so cool. Educate us because I'm still learning, <laughs> even though I've been doing this for a long time. And that's because I, you know, came to the science of reading and all these best practices through experience rather than through school knowledge. And so, it, it, at, you know, whenever I learn something new like this, I get excited to share it with you. I am so happy that you you said, let's let's talk about this because it's something new and it's exciting. And I, I'm, I like these too. We'll make this one a quick episode, but, um, you know, maybe we'll throw out some more of these, uh, you know, over the summer or even next season. We'll see how it kind of goes. Sounds good. It's great. All right. right. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time.